the interesting thing is that the spherical divisor was invented about 100 years ago. So we're trying to change along a century-old science. And I remember at a certain point, we were being asked, why do you think you can change uh, the design of a device that was invented 100 years ago? And I laughed and I told my team uh, members in front of the journalists that probably it's because we were not born 100 years ago, because if we were there 100 years ago, we would have changed everything. This is Conrad Tanku, a medical entrepreneur in Cameroon who started a social venture called GIC Space. The speculum he just mentioned, the metal device used to examine women's cervix, was actually invented in the mid-19th century, over 160 years ago. So GIC stands for Global Innovation and Creativity Space. The philosophy is that we have an open space which has no clear definition, but it's just made up of people with diverse backgrounds who are all passionate about one thing innovating, changing the status quo, taking the problem and uh, breaking it down to really get solutions that are adapted to the context and then working together. And within GIC space, the main focus of Conrad has been GIC Med, which has innovated five different medical technologies. One of them is the smart speculum he mentions, a new take on the device used to screen for cervical cancer. Now, this new device proves to be um, more comfortable and acceptable by women. I mean, the pilots and the clinical trials we've carried out have shown very encouraging results. And an interesting part about it is that through this device, women get to see their cervix. And this is a factor that we didn't measure the, the importance at, at, at when we were developing. And um, at a certain point, the uh, marketing or the, the, the publicity around the project was not about coming to get screened for cervical cancer. It was about coming to, come and, coming to see your cervix. And that has pushed us to another phase of our, our, our innovation, which uh, we are thinking about now, it's finding a way of actually printing an image of that cervix and probably attaching it to the examination booklets in such a way that they keep it because we discovered it's something that they value at the end of the day. So it's proving to be a device that is better than the old device, uh, more comfortable and acceptable for women, and it's a motivating factor for women to get screened as well. In today's episode, we're exploring Conrad's innovation at GIC Med and how context is pivotal for the success of any business. I'm Rama Shakalki, and you're listening to Innovate with Purpose, the official podcast of Expo Live, an innovation program by Expo 2020 Dubai. My days as a medical doctor, I could create impact very slowly. It means it's one patient at a time. But I realized that um, at GIC space, it's very similar to what I do as a medical doctor, just that through these technologies, the impact is faster and it's, it can spread wider. So, I mean, it's the same uh, philosophy, just that I think uh, the impact is bigger now. <laughs> the idea for GIC space started back in 2015. It's a social venture that promotes and develops cutting-edge technologies to target the most urgent health challenges in sub-Saharan Africa. But exactly where to start wasn't easy. Of course, I'm a technology enthusiast, but uh, building targeted solutions for particular problem is something that you cannot actually figure out at the start. 
GSC Med was born after I witnessed um, one of the women who were coming to the community where I was working in, um, then from cervical cancer. But there was no uh, motivation at that point to bring in a solution to target this. It's uh, a few months later when I realized that um, in that community, almost no woman had ever had the opportunity before to be screened for cervical cancer, which is actually the second most common cancer in Cameroon. And that's where the idea of um, actually combining uh, my training in medicine with my love for technology to bring in a solution that will actually solve this problem for every woman. I mean, even for those living in rural communities like this. And then uh, I created a small team at the start and we started uh, digging in to find a solution. So seeing the lack of screening for cervical cancer in rural communities in Cameroon was Conrad's jumpstart to innovation. At the start, the challenge was actually taking time to understand the problems because cervical cancer is a problem, yes, but not that there are no solutions. There are solutions, but trying to understand the problem so that the solutions and technologies can match the problem. I'll say we implemented a lot of co-creation design uh, models to get everybody's point of view and try to uh, fit it in the design process to make sure that we're not just building technologies which are probably going to be rejected by local people because uh, probably they're too high tech or, or we're not building technologies that are not going to work well in the rural areas because they don't adapt in the context. And that's why context is key. Cervical cancer is treatable if it's detected early. And the tools for screening have been around for years. However, these tools weren't being used in rural communities, either because they're too high-tech or require infrastructure that's not available. Adapting to our context was the key. And that motivated us to develop these new things because there could be solutions which we could easily import from Europe or the U.S., but they don't work in our context. I mean, talking about rural context is talking about areas where electricity supply is not constant, internet connectivity is not that high. So technologies have to work in this type of settings. That's what pushed us to develop uh, different things, but which adapt to the context. So Conrad, when you talk about adapting to the local context, what do you have to take into account? The first thing was accepting the challenges of the context, like finding out what is there and what is not there, or probably what is not there and could be available in the near future or probably never available, and then innovating with that in our minds. But the bandwidth is a problem, right? And that's that's the reality of the context. So if we have to capture data from one point to transmit to another point, we have to bear this in mind. So capturing files which are heavy is a limiting factor towards um, putting in place a system like this to work. And then um, also there are areas where even with probably 3G, it's it's practically very difficult for, for the system to work efficiently. And other challenges like electricity, for example, I mean, it's a reality because importing um, technologies from abroad, their innovation process doesn't take into consideration things like this. But um, having a backup power supply, for example, having um, solar systems, for example, to power up these gadgets came along the line. I see that that makes a lot of sense. So it's really about working within the local limitations to make sure the tools and innovations serve the community in the best way. Now I'm curious, what are the technologies you innovated? At the start, we had no idea who we were going to, but uh, I mean, the passion and uh, constant experimentation led us to build what we currently have. And GIC Space now has five different technologies targeting breast and cervical cancers. 
The five technologies are, first of all, a digital microscopy system. Secondly, a smart uh, speculum device. Thirdly, a simple biopsy device. Uh, fourthly, a telemedicine platform. And more recently, an e-training platform. All these innovations are specifically focused on cervical and breast cancer screening. Those are the two most common cancers, accounting for more than half of cancer cases in women. For cervical cancer, there are three uh, possibilities of treatment. There's a first treatment method called cryotherapy, which actually consists of using uh, a gas, either nitrogen oxide gas or carbon dioxide gas, to freeze and unfreeze the cervix. And the second treatment method is what we call LEAP. LEAP is a preventative procedure that uses a heated wire loop to remove abnormal cells from the cervix before cancer can develop. These two methods have been used for decades and they work very, very well. The third method, which was um, approved recently by WHO, is called thermocoagulation. Conrad tells us that this method, which exposes cancer cells to heat, has been widely adopted in the communities where GIC operates. Now, in order to make the technologies for screening for cervical cancer accessible, Conrad and his team have set up a special payment model. Women who are in urban areas of more developed countries pay at a higher price point for these screening tests. And that money is used to subsidize the cost of screening in rural areas. That way, women get the same standard of healthcare services in both parts of the world. Our business model is very dynamic. Uh, first of all, we work in partnership with health facilities. Um, we, we try to think of all the possibilities of limiting barrettos entry of these technologies. And one of them is these health facilities not having a financial burden towards the project at the, at the start. That means that we bring the technologies to the health facilities at no upfront cost. And then women who are eligible for screening are the ones who pay for the screening services, but at a low cost. This system was developed uh, constructed in rural settings, but moving towards urban areas is, is a different scenario. So they can have a possibility of purchasing upfront or get into this lease system where they pay gradually. So in that way, it's very customizable to wherever the healthcare facilities are located. Tell me, Conrad, how has the Expo Live grant supported GIC Med? Expo Life came in at a point where we're facing a certain challenge which had to do with taking our technologies to the next version. So we had everything in plan, but financially especially was a challenge taking our solutions to the next version. So with the coming of Expo Life, it was a boost because we could rapidly um, upgrade our technologies and also at the same time implement them. And with that, how have you been measuring impact and what does success look like for you? I'll say my team uh, is uh, obsessed about impact because we decided to start from a problem and then build around a problem to get a solution. And that's why at every step we track, we keep tracking uh, the impact of the venture. And we are really trying to build an ecosystem where we can easily demonstrate the impact, not only at individual level, but community level. So the various aspects we track, first of all, we track the number of frontline nurses we train, uh, first of all, upgrading their knowledge and the skills on how to screen these cancers. And uh, based on that as well, we've developed an e-training uh, model, which involves uh, 3D simulation and gamification to easily train them and um, have them get these skills in a very short time. 
And Conrad also shared how the number of women they screen is also done contextually. So in every community, they look at the demographics to project the number of women who are eligible for screening, and then they track the number of women who are screened as a proportional percentage. Our objective is to be able to treat all early stage lesions at the point of care because the treatment can be done at the point of care and we have the system as well to do that but also be able to um, track all advanced stages and breast lesions as well which are treated because that's really what gives us the full package of the impact we're trying to see and conrad i imagine working with different communities you've been able to closely see the data on cervical cancer how can you leverage that data this data is really absent and and we're trying to project that with time we're going to have a decentralized cancer registry which can be used by governments and other international organizations to really have a real picture of these cancers in rural areas especially and then draft more meaningful policies. But the long picture with this long vision with this data is that we are going to leverage um, technologies to see how we can probably optimize our diagnosis system, our training systems, or any other thing. For example, introducing artificial intelligence in uh, the diagnostic process or optimizing the diagnosis or other forms as well. But, I mean, the data is proven to be very valuable and we have different ideas on how to, to, to use it. It has been a whole journey, but I think the really resilience part about our story, it's, uh, I think it's what keeps us together because uh, we are at a point where no matter the difficulty we have, I'll say it's hard for us to give up because we've faced a lot of challenges and learning from failures and keep moving forward has what has really pushed us to where we are today. And I always say we have five different technologies now, but um, three years ago, four years ago, we had no idea of what we would build. We just knew we were going to build something that's going to solve it, but what was it we didn't know. Uh, experience, failures with time really pushed us towards the right direction and uh, has actually, um, I'll say, solidified the product we have now. Innovate with Purpose is the official podcast of Expo Live, an innovation program by Expo 2020 Dubai. Innovation can come from anywhere to everyone. Learn more by visiting expo2020dubai.com forward slash expo dash live. Innovate with Purpose is produced by Kerning Cultures Network. Episodes are released every Sunday and Wednesday. Subscribe to Innovate with Purpose on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss an episode. If you've enjoyed listening to this episode, share it with your friends and leave us a review.